Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, the podcast dedicated to simplifying the commercial real estate industry for the masses. Each week, we sit down with industry experts to dissect the many facets of commercial real estate and extract valuable lessons you can apply to your business. Whether you're a new or seasoned business owner or investor, the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast will be your go-to resource for all your commercial real estate needs. Now, here are your hosts, Rafael Collazo and Jeff Walston. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Collazo, here with my co-host, Jeff Walston. How's it going, my friend? It's going great. Uh, actually, uh, preparing for a wedding, my wedding, so I'm excited. Wow, yeah, I know. What, I'm, what in, I'm in, Well, I'm in the wedding, so I'm excited yeah. to, to be there yeah. with you and celebrate. We actually just booked our hotel room in uh, New Albany uh, because we want to make sure that we're not uh, being irresponsible on your uh, your wedding and trying to drive back or anything like that. So we'll... we'll yeah. We'll have a good time with you guys, and uh, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for it. I- I'm sure you are as well. Just and half of it's yeah. probably the the excitement of you know let's get this <laughs> this thing yeah. squared away. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's the excitement that you're actually gonna be with this the, your person, but it's also the excitement. It's like okay, now you're finally together, and now you don't have to be planning for months on end for uh, a pro- uh, you know a wedding. Um, so. But yeah, yeah. The, pl- the planning piece is probably the the biggest one. Is just the stress involved with trying to make sure you coordinate everything, and then on the day of the event, making sure that the vendors are there and they do what they need to do and stuff like that. So I'm sure you you guys won't miss that, but you guys will definitely enjoy each other for the rest of your life, which I'm very excited yeah. for you too. So yeah, thanks. Oh, for sure. So, but speaking of uh, just great times and and really good conversations, I we had the pleasure of interviewing. Willie Harden, uh, founder of uh, Remac, the five-star properties here locally in Louisville. Uh, just an impressive individual and someone that I hadn't really known in, until relatively recently. Uh, my fiance actually joined their brokerage on the residential end uh, several months ago. And you know, through my brief conversations with him, even though he, he is active in the, in the real estate space, both on the residential and commercial side, we had never really crossed paths. And you know, we had a conversation uh, when I went to go visit their office with my fiance. And I just, you know, learned a little bit more about his story and his background and who he was and how he operated. And, you know, I thought he would be a phenomenal guest for this podcast because he really does have a very diverse background. So one of the things, the main, the main things we talked about uh, was, was related to, first off, his background. He served in the military for many years uh, and then decided to jump into the, in the real estate space, first on the residential side and the commercial side. So he, you know, we talk a little bit about that transition from the military to real estate, and then taking his taking his uh, focal point from just residential real estate, also now into the commercial real estate space, and he's been able to buy and develop uh, multiple different multifamily properties. He 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 built out his office in downtown Louisville, and he's looking to expand to another office uh, at some point in time to expand his brokerage, uh, his mortgage brokerage uh, business as well. So, uh, but things we talked about are. You know how to grow your brand over time. You know he's been in the business for decades, and so he provided some insights on how to grow within the business from the brokerage standpoint. And really, just these these types of lessons can be applied uh, regardless of whether you're an investor, a commercial banker, a commercial lawyer. It doesn't matter. These are just time honored principles that you can you can uh, learn from uh, within any type of business setting. And then finally, we we talked a little bit about. Uh, a few things. One being improvement of diversity within the industry. Uh, you know, 
one of the things that I think is, is, is difficult in particular within the commercial real estate space is that there's really not as much diversity as we'd like. And so what, what are some of the things that we can do to be able to, to open up the industry to a, a large group of people from different backgrounds, different creeds, and, and maybe they never had any aspirations of, from, from getting into the commercial real estate space. But now that they learn more about it, and there's more resources out there for them to learn about the many opportunities that are available within the space, it becomes more attractive to them to, to, to come in. And so we talked about that and different ways we can do, different ways we can pursue in order to improve diversity within the industry. So I thought it was a phenomenal conversation. He really is a leader in, in many respects and has really taken a commitment to personal and professional development. And so I found this episode extremely enlightening. And uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into the podcast. Well, hey, Willie, how's it going? Great seeing you this, uh, now it's afternoon, huh? Great, great. I'm doing great, Raphael. Glad for you to have me here today. Oh, for sure. No, I, I, I ever since, you know, I've, I've, I've seen you around on uh, billboards around town and stuff. And when my, my fiance joined your guys' brokerage, I was like, okay, I really need to meet Willie and sit down with him and learn from him because you, you definitely have a unique experience in the space. And I think our audience can gain a lot of value from, from what you have to share. So again, really honored and, wel- and welcome to the show. Thank you. Of course. Glad to be yeah. here. Sure. So what, what, one of the things we first do when we, when we first get started in our interviews is we like to learn a little bit more about the persons across the table from us. So if you don't mind, if you could share a little bit about, about yourself, uh, that'd be great. Um, well, um, I've been in the real estate business. Well, let me start off first. Uh, my background is 22 years military. Been in the real estate business for 34 years. Um, my background is a commercial broker, CCIM. Also, I'm a CPM certified property uh, management. Um, have did some, uh, you know, in the commercial field and did some Walmarts, um, uh, site selection, Walgreens site selection, uh, de- developed two or three subdivisions. At the current time, I'm still developing spot building uh, single family houses. Um, so just love what I'm doing. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned the, the military background. Uh, my, my, my grandfather served in the military for many, many years and, you know, he was a Sergeant major in, in the army for a long time. And I mean, obviously I respected him immensely from, you know, the discipline he showed in his life. And I think a big part of that he'll even admit is from the, the, his experiences in the armed forces. And, you know, obviously we thank you for your service and, you know, I'm sure it's helped you and your, in your journey along with your life as well. Yeah, I brought a lot of it over from the uh, military, my leadership skills, and just mm-hmm. um, how to keep the uh, keep going when the times get rough. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and, and, and the times get rough in a civilian setting are a lot different than in an armed forces setting. So oh, you know, yes. the challenges that, that you face in, in a civilian setting are going to be a lot, I would imagine, much more manageable than you would in a, in, a, in a combat situation. So again, thank you for your service on that front. So one thing I wanted to mention was, you know, you, you did mention that you first started out from, from the armed forces, you got into residential real estate, and then you eventually made the jump into commercial. What was, what was the, the logic there? Why did you decide that you also wanted to kind of, kind of pursue the commercial route? Well, um, I was selling residential real estate and um, doing, I started building, I started building a multifamily uh, properties. So, uh, kind of interests me. So I, uh, as while I was doing it, I was working on my CCIM, building my portfolio. So, uh, I mean, it just, 
it was just an eye catcher for me. I enjoyed doing it. And the lease up, my background is, you know, I'm a CPM also. So, you know, I like the leasing aspect of it and just, um, you know, site selection, finding the highest, best use for property, you know, getting them up to the, um, um, you know, to the codes and and the best use for uh, commercial property. So I enjoy doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. And and one thing I've noticed and just, and again, I'm not in, I haven't been in the commercial real estate space for any time, much time at all. I'm about two and a half years, almost three years now. Uh, and, and it is impressive, the diversity as far as the things you could work on. I mean, you could literally be, you know, in, in a retail setting representing Walmarts, or you can go to an office property re- representing an accounting firm in the, in the, in the leasing up of a large office space in a large tower. You know, there's, there's so much diversity as far as what you can work on in the industry, which again, unlocks some semblance of creativity in particular uh, for someone who is interested in something like that. So yes. um, at least that was my experience. Oh, well, I, I was kind of specialized in multifamily. That was my, my bread and butter. So um, I was deep into the um, multifamily apartments. Oh, for sure. And there's a, there's a strong need even to this day uh, regarding housing as well. So I've, I've worked with several investors of multifamily properties and you know, it's, it's just, a, it's a very hot property type. And I think it's going to continue to be in the future because we, we just can't keep up with the demand uh, for housing and particularly on the affordable end. That's another thing that, you know, maybe we'll touch on at some point is, is the affordable housing crisis that we have in the United States and how that's going to, you know, evolve over the next, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 years. Yes. Yeah, I, think so. we'll be, I think we'll be okay this time. I think uh, the way everything's going, I, I my prediction on that end, I don't think we have as many, uh, you know, foreclosures as we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. I think they got the the um, government kind of got that under control, but we will see some, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's an ebb and flow of the economy, definitely. So when, when you first got started in the residential space, what made you decide to start your own brokerage? Because there's there's definitely some people in in my uh, in, in the in the audience who are currently at a particular brokerage, but they have aspirations to branch off and and start something on their own. So, what was that experience like for you? And then, if you could talk a little bit about you know what some what are some of the challenges that you faced as you went through that process? Well, I think the, the one some of the challenges was um, you know education, getting the knowledge. Uh, the reason I broke off in the uh, owning my own brokerage was um, some of the things uh, that I wanted to do different. I wanted to get in the building aspect of it, and I kind of wanted to control my time a little bit more. But I think the biggest challenge for me was uh, was getting, you know, going to school, getting my CCIM, being around the right peoples to guide me right. So, and, it, you know, I had fun doing it, but it was a little bit challenging. And, you know, making enough... Uh, you know, to get get the business out of the uh, out of the red and into the black, so that was a little bit challenging. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can imagine any any endeavor that you first start out, it's going to take uh, take time in order to build up and and expand. I mean, and so from from the brokerage standpoint, uh, could you talk a little bit about? I'm, I'm I'm just more so curious than anything is is the recruitment aspect because in in your case, you start off, you have a brokerage, now you have to start recruiting people to join you in this in that capacity. How was that? How did that start off? And I know you have some some leadership background in the army, so that's probably something that came more natural to you. But I thought I'd kind of, you know, have pick your brain on that front. Well, one of the things I looked at, I had I had been in a brokerage and I had started a company. So uh, one of the main things I was looking at was what was my 
unique value proposition going to make me to separate me from other brokers. So one of the things that um, that I uh, push on people is how to build a balance sheet and to build wealth on the back end. So as you're learning to sell and everything, okay, you got to think about, you know, your retirement. So you need to invest in real estate, uh, you know, building your balance sheet, build, building it as a business, how to go to the bank to get the money, what the bank is looking for, and how to qualify a property uh, while you're selling. So that was my unique value proposition to recruit of the real estate agents. And so far it's going very well. Oh yeah, I know you've, you've, you've definitely grown pretty rapidly over the last couple of years. And you know, I, 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 again, that unique knowledge is something that not everyone offers. You know, I've, I've met many agents that are just transactional. That's, that's all they do. And they, it's great because you can make a good living from the transaction side of things, but it's not going to build that generational wealth that a lot of people are seeking. And yeah, so yeah. having that meant having that mentality is something that I think if you start having it from the beginning is going to serve you well over the, over your career. Yes, that's one of the things we push here while you actually doing transactions. You need to be working on uh, your retirement on your, you know, down the road, what you're going to be looking at, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, a, <laughs> there's this book called Profit First that I actually gave Melanie a copy of my fiance. Uh, I, that that, that kind of changed the, the game for me as far as how do I approach you know, allocation of resources. So with the, with the profit first method, you have money that comes into a particular account and then you just divvy up the money from that account into different buckets. So it'd be your operating account. You have your, your owner's compensation account, which is the salary that you pay yourself, depending on if you're an S corp or LLC or whatever, you would just draw a salary. And then from there you have your tax account, which is, I think what a lot of people fail to understand in any W2 or, 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 non W2 role is that you have to withhold your own taxes, you know? Okay. So just because you make a hundred grand in a year, doesn't mean you're going to keep the hundred grand in a year, right? You're going to have to, uncle yeah. Sam's going to want their, their pound of flesh. And so I feel like it, having, being deliberate about that throughout the year, make sure that come tax time, you're not sitting and looking at a 15 or $20,000 tax bill being like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to come up with the money? You know? So. So one of the things I, I did on that, I uh, set up a system and I, I kind of tell the agents about it where it's systematic, automatic. So the only thing I got to think of, think of throughout the day is my income producing activities. So when it, when I do a transaction to hit the account, the money's automatically divvy up. Then I have an appointment on my phone appointment to myself every 30 days to look have I grown or where I'm at to make adjustments. That's awesome. Yeah, re, re, rethinking. And that's something that I probably could do better at is, is retracking. Because I, I have a goal sheet and I, I, I have my action items that I put on my board on a, on a daily basis to make sure that I'm moving the needle. But really tracking those KPIs is something that I, I could do better at. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday regarding that because he's very diligent about every, you know, he's got checkpoints every month and then every quarter and then every year where he re reanalyzes what, where he's moving and then obviously makes adjustments. And that's something that I'm not necessarily doing that much right now, but I know I can improve on. Um, so that's great advice. I'm, I'm sure for those of you guys who are listening, that could be something that you just decide to incorporate into your day-to-day -day routine. So. Yep. That's I, I was thinking uh, the way I look at it, if I don't have to think about it systematic, so I only have to readjust every 30 days. <laughs> so oh, I'm yeah. Myself. So. Oh, 100%. Good. 
Well, and, and, and that's smart too, because people, it's the same type of concept where, you know, saving for a 401k, if you're a W-2 employee, if you elect to, you know, set aside money from, from your employer and your employer can withhold for you when it comes to your W, uh, your, your 10 or 401k, you're more likely going to be willing to save because you're not going to see that money to begin with. And so I think that's, that's that logic is that if it's, if it's, if it, if it becomes a decision for you to make, the likelihood of you making that decision is a lot smaller than it if it is automatic. So, or something on. come up and you put it off on the side and never get exactly. to it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Thanks. So, for what strategies have you worked on uh, towards building your personal brand? I mean, obviously, you're 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 mentioned to me that you're you're getting this ready to start a podcast. You know, you're getting more active on on social aspects. So, what 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 have you been doing as far as that's concerned to help you build a personal brand. It doesn't necessarily even have to be online because a personal brand is what people talk, what people say when you're not in the room, right? So, well, one of the things we uh, started, I started a book club here local mm-hmm. in the office. Uh, we study Think and Grow Rich. And my, my, my goal is to leave everyone with their pressure to increase. And we're looking at building wealth through real estate. Um, one of the other things, um, um, that we put in place is um, to get people to follow along. We started a bike club this summer, you know. So we got, um, you know, I don't know, different things we do in the office to try to raise everyone awareness that, you know, make it fun while you're making money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think two reasons why people uh, leave and change brokerage is they're not happy and they're not making no money. So we try to take that off the table. <laughs> oh yeah, no engagement is huge. I mean, building uh, that community and anything you do is is important. I mean, that's uh, that's. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, getting back to your question on the branding, uh, what we just put in place here about uh, a month ago, we ha- we hired a company called Real Graders, and what they're doing for us now is going through all the social media sites, cleaning it up, connecting everything, and all the ages I'm pushing them where we have a app on a phone where we can um, share so we can start branding the Remax five-star property, the company, and they, and, and, and branding itself. So the cur- at, at the present now, we are working on that and, and trying to get more exposure. We also just completed brand, uh, trying to get branded a, a mission to feed hunger where we go around and collect food and donate it to the food banks. So, uh, we just started that, trying to get uh, get out in the community, do some PR, more awareness since we knew in the area. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, in in the giving back component is huge because I, I don't know, I'm I'm a big believer that we're all here for a reason, and that reason is for helping others or or or, or being of service to others, I should say. And what you're of service to is going to be different. Maybe that's you being of service in a software software role, or maybe it's you being of service in a nursing role. It doesn't matter, but we're here to serve others in some capacity. And I think having that, being deliberate about including that in your mission is is extremely important. And I think it's very compelling to people and inspires loyalty from others. So I think that's a, a very smart way to approach yeah. it. Not only, go ahead. And it's a win-win for everyone. You know, oh, yeah. Branding yourself and you're giving back. So I, mm-hmm. I, I I mean, it helps. It's a win-win for everyone. That's awesome. So one one question I wanted to ask you, which I think is something that we really should be talking about more, in particular on the commercial real estate space, I feel like we haven't done a great job of that, is uh, really just improving diversity um, within the 
the, the industry. Um, so I just was kind of curious as to asking you questions regarding what do you, what do you think there are different initiatives we can take in order to improve diversity? Like when I first joined, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen many Latinos in, at least in the Louisville community and, and maybe in, in other markets where there's more prevalence of, of, of population, maybe that's something that's more common, but I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, what, what do you think are some of the ways that we can improve diversity within the industry? Oh, we just had this conversation the other day. We was talking about the basically the same thing. And one of the things we looked at, which we supposed to be getting in uh, December, we're taking some kids over from the Universal Louisville, mm-hmm. uh, you know, letting them know, um, kind of introduce them to the business, uh, different acts, different sides of town. But we got two or three kids coming over from the Universal Louisville, getting out and let them know um, the public what we do and how the business run and see, can we stir up some interest as somebody want to get into business? Uh, another thing that we do that we get ready to start doing is having more, um, you know, just stop in and inviting different companies in to see what we all do to spread the word, you know? So that's awesome. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think a big part of it is just letting people know about it. You know, I, I feel like in particular on the commercial real estate end, it's, it's, it's an industry that's very much cloaked in some form of mystery. Like there's not really a lot of content out there. And, you know, when, unless you're in it, like you're, you're either your family has, has been in the business for a long period of time, or by some chance encounter, you meet someone who just so happens to be in the commercial real estate industry and you just kind of jump into it. I mean, that it's, it's very rare for someone to just yeah. say, Oh yeah, like, let me, let me pursue an opportunity in this, in this particular industry. And, you know, I think I think it helps when you have people who to make a deliberate effort um, to include a diverse range of different people from all different types of backgrounds. And I think as more and more people from these diverse backgrounds start coming into the industry, it makes it a lot easier for people to see themselves potentially being in that industry because they see someone who, you know, maybe has a similar background or experience to them and they say, okay, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. So I think that's uh, an important part of of the message. So. And one of the things I share is just so many avenues that you can take in the commercial, you know, specialize in. Do you want to specialize? Do you want to develop? Do you want to specialize in uh, um, um, shopping centers? Do you want to specialize in high rise? I mean, it's just so many avenues that I try to share with, you know, different peoples that I meet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and I've noticed too, I mean, I, I came from a, a software background. I'm an engineer by trade and you know, I had no idea anything about the commercial real estate industry. And, you know, I joined a, a boutique brokerage here in town with uh, Paul Grisanti, the Grisanti Group. And, you know, I know Paul and them do a lot on the industrial side and retail side. And I just so happen to do several deals on, you know, retail investment property. And, you know, I really like retail. It's really interesting to me. But had I not done that, I wouldn't have known. You know, I've, the, only, the only other concept I've seen as far as commercial real estate was concerned prior to joining into the business was, you know, those big office buildings and maybe those large multifamily properties. That's pretty much it. It's not like you, it's not very often you go to like a large warehouse or something like that. So um, it's just kind of interesting to, to hear your take on that. Well, well, that's the same thing with me. Like uh, I specialized in multifamily, didn't know I was going to like, and I was like, oh, I like this, putting it together, you know, doing the due diligence, you know, I'm a numbers guy, I like playing with the numbers, get it to work for the investors. You know, it just, and I mean, I love it. 
That's awesome. Yeah, and 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 it shows in in your commitment to the industry, right? Because you've been doing it for thirty plus years. You wouldn't you wouldn't have done it that long, I'd imagine, unless yeah. you enjoyed it. You know, yeah. and I mean, yeah. you got to make it fun. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Yeah, I mean, because we're only here. I mean, we have a very short time on this planet, so yeah. you might as well do something that 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 you're excited to do on a day to day basis. So it's exciting. So go ahead. No, I, I was not. I was oh, here. sure. Yeah, sure. So if so, if you could go back in time and go back to your younger self, whether that's you know pre-army or post-army or how, whatever point in time you think you wanted to to go back to, uh, what advice would you give to yourself that at that moment in time? Well, um, we was talking about that in the book club this morning. If I had to go back in time, one thing that I would have done um, is raise my awareness, I probably would have gotten in real estate a little bit early. And I probably would have went to, uh, got my CCIM a little bit early. <laughs> I love what I do. And I'm like, if I had to start a little bit early, but I was, when I first started, I didn't have a good direction where I was going. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to be around the right people. But, you know, I look back, you can only connect the dots looking back with Steve Jobs and you can't look forward. So, mm -hmm. If I can go back in time, uh, you know, I probably would have not been around certain peoples and would have been around the right peoples and more education and more awareness in, in my direction for is where I'm at now with the real estate. Oh, for sure. And and really, your your past experiences define, I mean, really impact who you are. So I'm sure there's some experiences that, you know, you had that that have really positively impact your your your, your career and, you know. I wouldn't trade my my experience as in the commercial, I mean, in the in the software space for anything in the world because it's really changed my perspective on how to approach problems. And and and, then, and you have to look at it like this: that them them the steps you had to take to get to where you at now. So mm -hmm. who knows? <laughs> oh, I mean, I I would be a completely different person had I not had those experiences. You know, right. I I don't know who I would have been, but it would have been a different iteration of of the individual, and so. You know, I'm, I'm very glad I had that as those experiences. And, you know, there's other people who potentially have gotten in sooner. Maybe they got in right out of college, but uh, I would imagine that they probably don't have the same perspective on certain business settings than I, that I do as a result of having those experiences. And the same goes for you with right. your over 22 years in service serving this country. Yeah. You know, it makes, it well, makes a big difference. Yeah, one of the things I tell my agents now is, is they, when they start in the business, they won't now, I say, you plant the seed, you water the seed, stay focused, good frame of mind, and, you know, do your activities and, you know, everything will fall in place. So, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I think what you said earlier, too, is, is probably the most important piece is to surround yourself with people who bring you up and rise you up. Because it's very easy to kind of get bogged down by people who you know, they're, they're either upset with where yeah. their, what their lot in life is. And they're, they're trying to bring you down for your aspirations. And, you know, that's, that's not a very productive uh, relationship. And it's sometimes it's hard to identify or it's some, sometimes hard to deal with because sometimes it's some of the people that you're most close to, like it could be right. your friends or, you know, your family, et cetera. Being around positive people. And one of the things about real estate, if you, uh, that I have found is have an accountability partner. Someone is going down the same lane that you're going down. You know what I'm saying? So when you have a situation, you can always bounce it off him and, and you got that support behind you. 
you know, I think that's very, very important accountability partner, which I do have. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And you have a coach too. Could you talk a little bit about that relationship? And I'm sure you've had coaching for quite some time. Well, the coach I have now, you probably heard of him is uh, Bob Proctor. And basically what I studied with Bob to meet my goals in the real estate business is I study me. How can I better me and how can I serve and share the information that I learned? So um, I, um, when I started with Bob, I, uh, I, I read, a, he gave me a book, uh, You Was Born Rich. thought it was pretty neat. I don't know if you read it or not. No, I haven't. You Was Born Rich by Bob Proctor. So, you know, uh, I think the biggest thing is about me is staying, moving at warp speed in a very calm and relaxed manner. So I learned a lot from that in the real estate business. So like when I'm working on transactions, you have to look at what can you do to help the individual that you, uh, you know, you put the contract together for, you know, your client still looking at the money. So I think what a coach and was, you know, the support I got, I mean, it helped me out a lot. So the money will come if you, you know, get the client what he want, you know, if you can help enough people get what they want, you can have anything you want. Zig Ziglar always wrote that. Oh my God. That's, <laughs> that's super powerful. Yeah. Zig Ziglar's, if you haven't had a chance to listen to him, I'd highly encourage you, you do so. Right. I mean, he's an impressive individual and, uh, you know, Jim Rohn as well was a phenomenal, oh, yes. phenomenal person as well. So, uh, great insights on that front, really. So, Obviously, and you mentioned the book club. I'm, I'm a voracious reader. I'm a, I love, I mean, there's so much, there's so much knowledge out there that you can consume. And so I think it's, it's pertinent for us as, as individuals to really seek out that knowledge. And not everyone, not everything is going to, you know, resonate with you right off the bat. Maybe it takes you three, four or five times before you get it. That, that's happened to me on several occasions. I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad more than once. The first time I read it, I was like, hmm. This is kind of a weird book. And then after the, I think it was like the second or third time I listened, I was listening to it on Audible and I was like, oh, like that yeah. makes more sense, you know? And so it, it can take, take a while to get to that point. But what are some of the most impactful books that you've ever read? And they don't necessarily have to be real estate specific, but um, if you could share those, that'd be great. Well, the books I read is, is most of them is really not real estate. Most of them I read is, is what I can do to improve me. And I like studying about how the mind works when I'm thinking about, okay, I'm going to do this and okay, are you going to have any challenges? So I try to put my plays, look into the future, like I'm already doing it. Some of the books that helped me get there once again, uh, um, thank you, Grow Rich. I've been reading that probably 40 years. Um, You was born rich. I think I started reading that back in the early nineties, the science of getting rich by, um, I can't even think of the author. Um, um, U Square, you know, by uh, Richard Pryor, if you've never read that, How to Make Quantum Leaps in Your Business. Um, you know, but all the books I read is, is about, okay, me. You know, how can I serve others and how can I do better and grow and, you know, share the knowledge and pull other people's up. Uh, one of my goals is uh, that I have in there, if, if I can make uh, 20 people a millionaire, where would that put me? That's thinking outside the box for a lot of people. But just think, if I made 20 people a millionaire, where am I at in that 20? So my way of thinking is always, you know, I think of the other person. And if I'm raising them, so I'm going to be there. 
in the mix. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. No. And, 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 and another thing that you mentioned is it, you focus on you because in order for you to reach that next level, you really have to evolve into someone different, you know, because, you know, you may not currently have, you know, the, the, the leadership skills in order to run a 300 person organization. So who do you have to be to get to that point? And it, it's not, it's not, and you, you don't necessarily have to like, put yourself in a position where you, you, you're you down on yourself because of it. But in reality, it's it, it should be a process. You should be excited about this. It's like, look, like I'm here. I need to get here. What is the gap? And how do I bridge that gap? And I think that part of that is just, number one, coming to the realization that you, in fact, do have that gap. And then de- deliberately working towards it every day by improving even small, even a small amount. I know Brian Tracy talks about, you know, improving 1% a day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or half a percent a day. Go ahead. Yeah, one of one of my mottos um, uh, when I'm negotiating, I walk in the room and, and they say, "Well, um, hello, how you doing?" And mm-hmm. I respond as I say, "Every day is a holiday." I even got it on my website, and they they look at me and they'll say, um, "What side of the bed did you get off?" So I know what I put them in a situation. I say, "Okay, I know what I'm dealing with when I'm trying to put a deal together." So I always use that because I'm always putting out good spirits. So they say. You know what? You, what you've been drinking? <laughs> well, and and that's, and that's a you use. <laughs> oh man, but but and and you, I'm sure you've noticed is when you respond to someone in a positive and cheery and and in lighthearted way, they the way they respond to you is much different. You yeah. know, the, the way they interact with you is completely different. And you know, sometimes it can be hard to respond in that in that way, especially if things maybe maybe the other person is coming off as somewhat abrasive, or maybe you've had a bad day. But you know, understanding that. You have a decision, or you have you you choose every day how you want to respond to negative stimuli in your life, whether right. that's to remain happy or you know let them get you down, right? So, you know, I read this book called uh, uh, "Man's Search for Meaning" uh, right. by Viktor Frankl, and he talks about the things that yeah, he. Yeah. It's a phenomenal book, and it puts things in a context because it's like, oh wait, like I've never had to deal anything close to what this gentleman had to deal with, yet right. he was able to find meaning in his suffering and came out of it a stronger individual. And that's because he chose to approach his, his, his turmoils in a positive way. Yeah. So, Uh, yeah. Great, great book. I always think about it. And I don't know if we can a little bit off the side about Dale Carnegie. And he always stated any idea that is held in the mind that's either feared or revered will begin at once to close itself in the most convenient and appropriate physical form that's available. And most people is not aware of that, you know. So, yeah. especially in the real estate business, and when when I when I when I uh, coach and and talk to my agents, I I said you, you just got to stay in a good frame of mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy all the time, you know. You always have to kind of check yourself and say, okay, what what is the broader mission? What is the broader purpose? And you know, as long as you're getting those checkboxed items taken away, I mean. I read this book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, and it's small, consistent, positive actions every day add up yeah. to massive results. And yeah. it's amazing how it's worked in my life. I mean, I've only been, you know, I've written several books. I've written six books at this point, and I started back, you know, four or five years ago. And that's because of the 250 to 500 words a day that I write. So, you know, it just can continuously adds up. And if you do that, if you apply that to whatever you want to in life, it's going to so pay dividends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Well, Willie, we really appreciate you stopping by today. Again, you, you just have such a wealth of knowledge to be able to share with our audience. And we really do appreciate everything that you do. One thing that I wanted to ask you was related to what we call the commercial real estate treasure chest. 
It's mm-hmm. a repository of resources that we make available to our audience. And, you know, it has, you know, examples of things that we contribute, could, could, could contribute as, uh, you know, a helpful PDF or Excel sheet and eBooks. You know, they people who have been on the podcast have contributed a wide variety of things. But I just right. wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to share what, what, what are you willing to contribute today? Uh, I really don't know. I got to think about that. I got, I, I can pull a rabbit out of that. You want me to name something? Um, we, we could say it's a mystery item. How about that? So for, for those of guys who are listening, when, <laughs> when we do make it available, you'll know it'll be like, whoa, this is a mystery item. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sure I can, uh, uh, come up with something. I, you know, been in the business for a while. Oh, for sure. No. And and for those of you guys who are, are listening right now and, and are listening in the future as well, I, I think it's worthwhile to be able to, to look at uh, the, the item that he's going to contribute because I know it's going to have a ton of value uh, associated with it. So that's awesome. Well, Willie, again, we really do appreciate your time. Uh, if people wanted to learn more about you, learn more about your brokerage and the things that you're up to, how can people get in contact and learn more about you? Uh, I am on social media. They can look me up on LinkedIn. Um, um, just Google Willie Harden, W-I-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N, and I'll pop up on the Google search. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. And and I encourage you guys, if, if you do have more insight or want to learn more about him, you definitely should reach out to him. He is a person who you know really makes himself available to people and has a wealth of knowledge. So I would highly encourage you guys to, to do that. So... Again, thank you all for tuning in. If you guys are listening to this in a podcast format, whether Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really any other podcast medium, please, please leave a five-star review. It helps with the algorithm and ensures more and more people can hear this message. If you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe to the channel. It really helps again with the, the algorithm and make sure that more subscribers come in and many more people learn about the many facets of commercial real estate. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you all next time.